Hello, classmates, and welcome to another episode of Middle Class Film Class Gabin Chatter Edition for Saturday, December 31st, 2022. I'm your host for today, Pete. And I'm Joseph. I'm Tyler. And on this episode, artificial intelligence has invaded the creative space. Courtney Love has beef with Brad Pitt, and Nepo Baby is now a slur. <laughs> Plus, the MCU in the Library of Congress. And who the hell is Jonah Feldstein? <laughs> who the hell is Jonah Feldstein? Because you gotta wait. There's some guy. For my news story. He's some dude. You know him. Yeah. You don't know who he is, though. We're yeah. back. <coughs> we are back. We're, We're back here. after how many weeks? Three weeks? It's been months. It, months. God, it's felt it's felt like months. Yeah. It's um and if you could How long have we been on this rock? Do me the honor of playing the clip I uh, Every time I think <laughs> I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> Again, again with this clip. He's back. <laughs> uh, well, it's more about just the first part of that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, of course. I forgot that I was on a podcast in the middle of December. <laughs> <laughs> like I forgot that like I had I that was a part of my life. <laughs> You're like who is was? I? I got so used to having free Saturdays. I know. and doing whatever I wanted. <laughs> it was very nice to unplug and um, do nothing on a Saturday. Oh yeah, well I'm glad that you guys. Uh, we're uh, doing nothing all around, uh, you know, s- swinging your big dicks with your six-figure <laughs> salaries, having a free Saturday while I'm out there toiling, driving, okay. delivering your food. <laughs> food. <laughs> I don't. I don't use. I don't uh, use Postmates. I don't use Postmates or uh, oh, well. Uber, Uber Eats. I go like Come a good, good red-blooded American, and I drive my ass to the store and get food for myself. Like a true patriot. Like a true patriot. <laughs> no, don't call me that. <laughs> Please don't call me that. Um, <laughs> that title has been tainted now. Um, isn't it weird how if you like wear an American flag on your shirt, I instantly think you're an asshole? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. When like, I was a kid, I thought that was cool. I'm like, yeah, shit. Mm-hmm. Here we are, my country. I live I, in it. I think the, I think the. I was war born th- on Flag Day. goddammit. it! I think the, uh, I, I think Iran Contra in the war in the <laughs> Middle East might have tainted the American flag just a little bit, just a little bit, and maybe uh, the wealth inequality that we're currently <laughs> experiencing uh, right now, even in this room. <laughs> this room, <laughs> wonderful. So this is a movie podcast, right? Uh yeah 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 well, but like I, say. Said, like I said like I like I said before and like I say again this is the preamble to get everyone to understand that this is a comedy podcast we're, we're warming up um well I'm just for the record I'm super happy to be back yes I'm also super glad for the break I went as a guest on a couple of podcasts during our break um and somebody asked me to do a summary of our show. And I was like, um, you know what? I almost forgot that we had a show. Uh, what, <laughs> what, what was it? You know, what is this amnesia of that we were on a show? Yes, so, I was thinking about it every single week. So, anyways, let's get into our find some charity, you lad. Now's the time for Gavin Chatter. Gavin Chatter, movie news. Joseph, what do you got? Um, I don't have any movie news, but um, I have discovered. So, like uh, the opening said, like Pete said, AI is taking over the world. It's insane how much AI AI programs such as Dolly, and um, which is like an art generating yeah. AI, which yeah, is stuff is yeah freaks me out. It's really cool, but it's also Ooh. really scary because um, you can just tell <laughs> it, you can tell it to do whatever, and it'll generate. A, a in any sort of art form mm. like photorealism, uh, mm. 
or um, you can do it in like I want. I've never it, heard I of want this it in before. Pastel. I want it to look like a stitch. Yeah, pastel, watercolor, oil painting. You want, I want. Th- I want a picture of my dog playing poker. Yeah. in the form of Van Gogh. Like, La- last day on Earth. Don't done in pointillism. Yeah. So and you just feed a picture to this AI you te- you program. You describe a picture. You text it. You write it out. Oh, you just describe it. And then you put. And then you can put the art style that you would want in. You can do photorealism, and it'll do its best to look like it, t- it was. It's a picture, not a mm-hmm. drawing. Um, and it does a pretty good job. Most next of the time. stop, Skynet. Bruce. Uh, Bruce on the uh, Find Your Film, formerly Find Your Film, now Cinematics, mm-hmm. uh, did a segment oh, on, cinematics. on Cinematics, the Facebook page, where he would do a like a framed sort of thing, you know, guess the movie every day, but uh-huh. he would put the name of the movie into that AI art generator and it would make this nightmare fuel pictures, these weird, like <laughs> distorted human type faces. And yeah. you'd have to guess what it was. It was pretty good. Yes. So, but now there, that's, that's the art version of AI. Now there is chat AI, which is essentially a, um, same concept, except it's just all text. So mm. it's like people are now using it to generate copy for uh, advertisements or to help them. You really? Can, you can have it write you plots of movies in the theme of like, say you like, I want a Hallmark movie and it'll describe you a Hallmark movie mm. with made up character names. And okay. Like, as Hallmark movies have a sort of formula, so it's kind of easier to follow. Um, but you can have it described to you like plots of movies. You can have it write you things you can ask it questions like what's it like to be ai and it'll give you some sort of weird answer or like the next evolution of talking to your alexa yes Mm. um and so it's still in it's like op. it's a chat.openai.com um it's really fun to just play around and kind of figure out the uh not the algorithm but like you can feed it data and it'll kind of like learn in your like session essentially it's like it'll (laughs) it'll sort of like kind of pick up on things it can it can not do anything like subjective Mm. Like you can't like ask it for its opinion mm. on things because oh, okay. it's not obviously it's not a sentient thing. Mm. It's just not yet. It's just basing it on you know the current. It, it yeah. only goes up to a certain point. It doesn't do anything like really new. Oh, okay. Um. So I feel uh, like I've seen that meme where it's like I fed an AI a thousand hours of Hallmark movies and asked it to make one. Yeah. So there's like but someone already fed this all the thousands of hours of whatever, and now I mean you're it's just, just it's just the internet. So it has access because it has access to the internet. So yeah. it has whatever. It's it's uh, Lilu Dallas multipass. I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> what is love? Um. And so I asked it to do a couple things for me to write some things. Oh, for wonderful. Me. Okay. Um. I asked it to explain to me. The plot of the lighthouse, as <laughs> as if I was as if I was five years old. <laughs> so that's awesome, and, wonderful. And, as as like a five year old would ask, and if like say this five year old is asking their parent, the parent is like, oh, I don't want to tell them exactly everything about the sure. lighthouse, yeah. right? So there's like an element of like shielding, and so you don't want to give every detail about it, and mm-hmm. you might even like. Uh, askew some plot details to yeah. make it a little bit more like not terrifying to them. <laughs> um, so this is what it wrote for me, and it's a little lengthy, but uh, bear with me. Okay, The Lighthouse is a movie about two men who live in a small house called a lighthouse <laughs> on a small island. One of the men, called the Wiki, is in charge of making sure the light in the lighthouse stays on at night so that the boats don't crash into the island. The other man, called the Keeper, is in charge of helping the Wiki and keeping the lighthouse clean. At the beginning of the movie, the wiki and the keeper don't get along very well. <laughs> they argue and fight a lot, but as the movie goes on, they start to get to know each other better and they become friends. One day, a big storm comes and the wiki and the keeper have to stay inside the lighthouse to keep safe. 
They start to get very scared and lonely because they can't see anyone or anything outside. They also start to run out of food and water. As the storm gets worse and worse, the wiki and the keepers start to see strange things and hear strange noises. They start to wonder if there's a monster on the island or if they are going crazy. Monster. In the end, it turns out that the strange things they saw and heard were just their imaginations. The storm finally stops and they're able to leave the lighthouse and go back to their normal lives. The wiki and the keeper learned to trust it, <laughs> learned to trust and rely on each other and became good friends. Yeah, wow. that, that's what happened. <laughs> that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the end that's of where he's looking into the light. Yes. Can we make a children's book out of that? That's exactly what I was thinking. It sounded like a children's book. And the fight, like, the fight, at least. The final shot is Robert Pattinson's black and white blown out face looking into the light, but instead of him screaming with agony, he's it's like smile. happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just happy. Um, <laughs> that's wonderful. So that was that. Um, I asked it to write a uh, space <laughs> to write the plot of Space Jam for me as if it, was, if it was written by Shakespeare. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in the land of NBA, a great b-ball <laughs> contest was set to begin between the Looney Tunes and the Monstars, a battle of wits and sin. The stakes were high, the fate of Earth at hand, the Looney Tunes, a ragtag team of mischievous bands. Ragtag. The Monstars, a force of brute strength and might, a challenge the Looney Tunes, they knew they must fight. But alas, they had a secret weapon, a bard of great renown, a man named Michael, a basketball virtuoso, his skills to astound. With wow. Michael by their side, the Looney Tunes took to the court. The Monstars, fierce and mighty, a formidable sort. <laughs> but the Bard's quick footwork and expert shots left the Monstars in the dust, their defeat all for naught. The Looney Tunes emerged victorious, their triumph great. The Monstars vanquished, their fate sealed by fate. And so the Bard and his team returned wow. to Earth, their victory a tale of bravery and mirth. That was impressive. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Good job, uh, right. uh, Open source.ai. Yeah. Good job, AI. Their fate sealed by fate kind of. A, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's a first draft. Okay, so. <laughs> and then um, I've got some other ones. I got. I, I mean, I was playing with this a lot. Um, and the, I have a very uh, short one here. Uh, I had asked it to write the story of Lord of the Rings um, as if they didn't like the movie. As if they didn't like the story. Okay. <laughs> Lord of the Rings is a long and tedious tale about a group of people who go on a seemingly endless journey to destroy a magical object. Along the way, they face countless challenges and battles and are aided by various creatures and beings. The story is filled with exaggerated, fantastical elements, and the characters are often one-dimensional and uninteresting. What? Overall, the story is overly wow. long and lacks depth, making it a tedious and un an unenjoyable read. You are dullard? <laughs> Stupid AI. <laughs> AI sucks. Okay. <laughs> Wow, it's fun. It's that AI it's really fun. did not like Lord of the Rings. I know. You're drunk. Um, and so I have one more thing to read here, um, and it's not movie related; it's us related. Okay. And oh. I have I have, uh -oh. I have two different oh, stories, come on. and I don't know if you want to hear both of them or just one of them. Let's one, just, let's hear both. Hold on, hold on. One involves just you, Pete, and you, Tyler. Okay. One involves all three of us. Let's hear them all. Why not? Time for the sex. Okay. I mean, they're kind of. It, if I read them both, it's it's kind of repetitive. Uh, oh, let's just do okay. me and Tyler since you're reading, you're narrating. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. You you call. It's your call. It's your thing. <laughs> I'm gonna do all three of us. Okay. Okay. And then you, you you guys can read the other one. I'll read it. Okay. Pete, Tyler, and Joseph had been hosting a successful podcast together for years, and they had become close friends in the process. Okay. They Aww. enjoyed each other's company and had a great time working on their show together. 
But one day, <laughs> they all realized that their feelings for each other went beyond friendship. What are you oh, doing? No. They had grown to love each other deeply and couldn't imagine their lives without one another. <laughs> the problem... The problem was that they all had girlfriends. Uh-oh. <laughs> they, Wait they, a minute. They did not get the... <laughs> Joseph's ex-girlfriend. They did not the, get the names right. Okay. So I don't know if you want me to replace the names or use the names. No, use the, use the names. names that they... Get okay. Yeah. The problem was that they all had girlfriends. Pete was in a long-term relationship with a woman named Sarah. No! <laughs> That's my ex's name. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tyler. No. Tyler was dating a woman named Emily. What? <laughs> and Joseph was seeing a woman named Amanda, which is funny <laughs> because Deanna was almost named Amanda. Wow. Ooh. They all loved their girlfriends, but they couldn't deny the strong feelings they had for each other. Oh, <laughs> they struggled with their emotions and tried to push them aside, but they couldn't shake the sense that they were meant to be together. Uh -oh. They finally decided to confront their feelings and break the news to their girlfriends. <laughs> It was a difficult and emotional conversation, but in the end, their girlfriends understood and supported their decision to <laughs> be together. They supported Pete, Tyler, and Joseph were able to build a life together and were grateful to have the love and support of people they cared about most. They knew that they had found something special and were grateful to have each other. Time for the sex. I think... <laughs> a throuple. I think your guys' is maybe a little bit more funny, so I'm going to read it. Okay. Okay. Pete and Tyler had been friends for years, but it wasn't until they were in their 30s that they realized <laughs> their feelings for each other were more, oh. than, more than just friendship. Oh, Jesus. It started with a subtle shift in their dynamic. They found, <laughs> they found themselves wanting to spend more and more time together, going, fond of me, going on long walks and deep conversations <laughs> late into the night. You remember our long walks? They yes. confided, ah! they yes, confided in each other and supported each other through the ups and downs of life. One day, as they were sitting on a bench overlooking oh, no. overlooking the city, Tyler mustered up the courage to tell Pete how he felt. Ugh. I know this might come as a surprise, but I think I'm falling in love with you. Oh, God. He said, his heart racing. Wait, who's confessing whose love? Tyler. He's confessing his love to me? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Pete was shocked. <laughs> Pete was shocked, but he couldn't deny the way his heart skipped a beat at, at Tyler's words. <laughs> yes, okay. Accurate. I've had feelings for you too, he admitted. Oh. I just didn't know if you felt the same way. From then on, Pete and Tyler were inseparable. They enjoyed each other's company and made the most of every moment they had together. They were each other's rock, supporting and loving each other through oh thick and thin. As they grew older, their love only long story. Their love spans decades. Their love only deepened. They built a life together, traveling the world and experiencing new things. And they knew that they were lucky to have found true love in each other well, oh, that was a roller coaster of emotions right there oh my <laughs> gosh i laughed i cried um okay so I, that's that, uh that it's a lot to take in it, it is that's what she it, said it, it, <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. so i know what i have to do but i don't know if i have the strength to do it Tyler, do you, need to, you need to tell me something uh no there's nothing i need to tell um okay. but uh your what, face says it all <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what what did you put into this AI to, to have such a, 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 a erotic I just, uh, I just story? Had it, I asked it. To you just put in your names, and yeah. then they automatically no, no, assume no, no, no. we're I, all in love. No, I asked it to tell me a love story between. I said, "Tell me a love story between three people who are on a podcast together that <laughs> have girlfriends, oh my who God. are secretly in love with each other." Oh. I got a lot more. I got to explain the plot of Requiem for a Dream as if you're a valley girl. I got described <laughs> the story of Hereditary as if you didn't like it. I have 
a bunch. We should oh, do it, man. We I have explained the hell, plot of Hellraiser as if you didn't like the movie. Um, exp- I added, I just added, asked it to explain why Hellraiser is a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did the we did the um, Jerry Seinfeld and Daniel Day Lewis from There Will Be Blood reading of um, Hellraiser. Hellraiser, yeah, uh, that was great. It was like a radio drama. Yeah, that was uh, two Halloweens ago, I think. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah, we should do something like that oh, with these shit. radio dramas. Oh yeah, we should make we should make pages <laughs> for this <laughs> for this love story that this ai has uh, presented to us i gotta say that story was uh, delightful and realistic oh yeah oh, <laughs> oh sweet jesus that was great but yeah there's uh fun to be had on the uh, chat.openai.com i gotta go on this website uh, I, I think i'm gonna uh, make my own it's fun it is fun all right sure. great, great stuff. Uh, but great yeah stuff. i don't have any new stories cool that was fun <laughs> all right tyler yeah. what do you got all right, so uh, my first news story, uh, Are you uh, as everyone's familiar with Mark Maron and his WTF's uh, podcast yeah. where he interviews uh, celebrities. Barack Obama. Yeah, he interviewed 40, <laughs> 44. That was crazy. One of my, yeah, one of my first podcasts I ever listened to. Yeah, uh, same here, actually. Uh, so uh, Courtney Love was on, um, at the time of this recording, it would be uh, last week. And she uh, made a claim that she was fired from Fight Club. She was originally supposed to play Marla. Um, and then oh. that uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Sorry, I, I yeah. was about to say Bohem. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter eventually got that role. But uh, Courtney Love said that she originally had that role and then she got fired from it because she denied Brad Pitt of a leading role in a Kurt Cobain biopic. Or mm. uh, actually... I take that back. Brad Pitt pitched a Kurt Cobain biopic in which he plays Kurt Cobain. Yeah. And uh, Courtney Love was just like, no, no, I don't want to do it. I don't, I wouldn't want you playing Kurt Cobain. And so with all of the star power that Brad Pitt had, especially back in 1999, uh, had her booted off of the set and then they hi- uh, recasted so this uh, is what for she, Marla. This is what she's claiming. She claims that. And then there's a source on Variety, uh, the Variety.com. Uh, it's an anonymous source, uh, and that source said, you cannot be fired for a job you didn't get. It's common knowledge that roles are not decided by other actors, but by the director. However, I think that, especially with someone like Brad Pitt, they probably have like a lot of staying power as far as like making executive decisions. Um, so I, I believe Courtney Love is correct. Uh, I think she did. I don't think she was fired. Fired or fired officially, I should say. I think she was let go kind of like in an unofficial capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it seems like petty. That's a petty sort of thing. It's like, well, you denied me this project, so I'm going to put pressure on the director for that. <clears throat> I think ultimately, at the end of the day, there's a, there's a like a, they do things like chemistry tests. Well, they get two of the leads there, three of the leads into the room at the same time, and they do a table read. Mm-hmm. And it's like, at that point, if there's no chemistry between the people, it's gone anyway. So if Brad Pitt and Marla, uh, as uh, Courtney Love as Marla, have no chemistry, then it's a doomed project anyways. Yeah, and I don't think Courtney Love would have been the right uh, a- actress for that role. Like, I can't imagine... What role? Hel- uh, uh, Mar- Marla. Marla. Oh, okay. I think she could have do it, but Helena Bottom Carter is the right role, the right I th- character. I think that. she's a little bit... I think she has the superior talent to Courtney Love. Well, yeah. Although I I can't remember what movie Courtney Love was in, but she was actually 
pretty damn man on the moon. Man on the moon. Yeah. Oh yeah, man on the moon. That's what it was. She was, um, from my understanding of uh, following up on the story, is that she actually isn't bad. She's got some chops, but I think uh, Helena Carter definitely um, was the correct choice for that role. But it does bring up a good point that. I think that Brad Pitt may have had a hand of steering David Lynch in a direction that was pushing Courtney Love out. David of, Fincher, or sorry, my apologies, David Fincher. I believe that he, I believe Brad Pitt, kind of like nudged him in the direction of not allowing Courtney Love to uh, take on that role. Sure, I mean, you could, you could, he could literally just uh, sabotage the chemistry read and be like not very responsive to her, which. Why would you want, and I'm, I'm of two minds of this because um, mm. there is a, I can't remember which director I was, I was reading an interview with and he said, um, the first thing that I do is look for people that I want to spend time with for, because right. you're going to spend between, you know, months with these people. Yeah, it's like eight to 10 months. Maybe not in person eight to 10 months, but like the production itself is going to take, you know, two, three months or whatever. So yeah. you in theory are going to be spending months talking with these people and spending time with them and sharing long days with yeah, them. Why would you, days. why would you want to do it with someone that's constantly an asshole? It's like, yeah, it blows me away that Andy Dick still gets work because he's, <laughs> he's just, yeah. he's just a prick to everybody all the time and it's draining. So yeah. And one of the other reasons why I believe Courtney love is because she was the first person to call out Harvey Weinstein back in 2004 on the red carpet. I think it was the golden globes mm-hmm. she was at. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reporters from, I think, like EW.com asked her, like, what advice would you give uh, young actor- actresses? And she said, if a Harvey Weinstein ever invites you to his Four Seasons Hotel, don't go. Yeah. And she was like, <laughs> or, no, she was really hesitant to say that at first. She was like, oh, I'm probably going to get sued for saying this. And then she just goes out and say it, says it. I remember that. Yeah. So, um, so that's a part of me, like, although Courtney loves a little bit unhinged at times, huh. I mean, her, her admitting that like so early on before like the me too moment and stuff, like she, I bet she has kernels of truth, um, that she spits out while she's saying these ridiculous lies. <laughs> possibly. What? I said Possibly. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, mis- I, I misheard you. I thought you said, oh, and by the way, and then oh. you went to drink her water. And I'm like sitting there in suspense. Like, uh, and then what? please forgive me. I'm um, I'm still fighting the residual effects of COVID. And um, I've been, if you hear the coughs in the background, I apologize. I can only mute so much uh, in, in post because we're, um, if I'm coughing over someone talking, I'm not going to mute them. I'm glad that you have recovered from the 19. Yes. Uh Anyways, uh, moving on to my next news story. So for the past couple of weeks, we've been uh, hearing a uh, derogatory uh, phrase, I guess you would call it, towards uh, celebrity children. They call them Nepo babies, mm-hmm. nepotism babies mm-hmm. uh, for the long term, uh, long hand. And uh, a lot of people like uh, Ice Cube's son and uh, Lily Allen um, went to social media to basically uh, crap on everyone who is, has a problem with nepotism in uh, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I've been ping-ponging back and forth on this idea of, like, nepotism in Hollywood because a lot of people who were born um, in Hollywood, like, with, like, famous movie star parents and now they're acting, if they're talented, like... You know, it, they work hard because, like, being on a set, being on a movie set, like, that's 
that's hard work. Mm-hmm. Like they're not just going into their trailer, like do a few lines and then go back. Like they're working on set for like 12, 13 hours a day. Do so you mean, when you say go into their trailer, do a few lines, you mean like cocaine or read a few <laughs> lines? No, I said, I meant read a few lines and then go back into their trailer. I know that kind of sounds more little lines. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're doing uh, uh, multiple lines, uh, one on set and then one in their trailer. Um, anyway, so uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, I actually didn't know this, but she's also a quote unquote Nepo baby. You didn't know that? No, Ta- I Tony, didn't. Tony Curtis, right? Isn't that her dad? Um, I think so. But the uh, Janet Lee, the the main the main um, the woman who gets killed in Psycho, that's her. That's her mom. Oh, one of the original Scream Queens. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I had no idea at all. So I was really surprised to hear that. And it's kind of ironic, too, that sh- Jamie Lee Curtis also went into horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, uh, she had a, a comment about everyone. You know, it's like a clash of cultures. The people like the, the uh, people who aren't uh, can't get into the industry and then the people who are into the industry. But they say they work hard and they don't know what they're talking about. She goes on to say, it's curious how we immediately make assumptions and snide remarks that someone related to someone else who is famous in their field for their art would somehow have no talent whatsoever. I have come to learn that is simply not true. And I agree with Jamie Lee Curtis on this point because those, like I mentioned before, those people do work hard. And if they're not talented... They can just like rest on their piles of money that their parents give them. And, you know, they crash and burn and then they still live their best life. Mm-hmm. It's not like uh, I, I don't know a rags to riches actor um, that crashed that has crashed and burned. Uh, rags to riches. Um, Steve Buscemi, he was a firefighter, but, but he didn't. No. He's not, he wasn't disgraced afterwards, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, we're talking about this is a very specific type of person yeah yeah so i came from nothing raised to power and then everyone hates it. elvis yeah there you go well i mean hate elvis yeah (laughs) elvis stinks but um anyway so like i really agree with jamie lee curtis on that point because yeah those people do work hard um i understand the frustration that people have with nepotism in the entertainment industry because it's a really really hard industry to break into and i think that Problem lies in with executives choosing these uh, people, these like children of famous actors rather than looking at, at it all. So it's really more of a culture thing rather than these uh, quote unquote Nepo babies, like just kind of like walking on in and be like, I got the part. Like well, you give me the part because I know so-and-so or whatever. Have you ever worked at a place that, so I work at a, Auto body, and mm-hmm. I've worked at a number of body shops that were family owned, and their the the owner of the building or the the business has a child or grandchild that works for them, right? And that can go one of two ways. You're like, okay, this is a smug dickhead who fell into this and can't get literally can't get fired, yeah, and is there whether or not they're talented or not, or know what they're doing with the business or not. And then you have the opposite where it's like you can tell this person's grew up in a body shop their whole life. They know everything about it and they're good at it. Yeah. So they're just just in the it's almost like, a, you know, it's almost like a as broad as saying, well, Nepo babies are, are a bad thing. It's almost as broad as like a, you know, the same idea with like a race, like a racism mindset where like, well, this person is this race, so they're good or this person is race, so they're bad. Right. There yeah. is there is yeah. it just because they have that differentiation of them doesn't make it any better or worse. But I think it just 
makes people's antennas go up and they're like, oh, I didn't know that was Kevin Bacon's daughter. Yeah. But she's good. You know, she was the lead in Smile, uh, I think, right? It was uh, Kevin Bacon and... um, Oh, yes, yes, mm. yes, yes. yes, Kira Sedgwick's daughter. Yeah. And um, she was pretty pretty good. She's uh, emotionally, uh, you know, resonant. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I understand the frustration, but at the same time, like, if you understand the industry and how hard these people work... Uh, you know, it's almost a moot point. It's almost a moot point. Like I get it. Like you're not like, it's hard to break in because of the nepotism, but at the same time for them to just say, Oh, they don't work as hard because of the nepotism. I think that's disingenuous. Yeah. I'll, I'll say one person that I really was not on board with when I first saw him was Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek. Mm. I was like, He's nothing like Eugene Le- Levy or mm. Levy. I was like, Eugene Levy is like a national treasure. Yeah. Um, even though I don't think he's an American, I think he's Canadian. Yeah. But <laughs> he's a Canadian national treasure. You're welcome, Stephen. And he, um, <laughs> when his son came on the scene and I was like, okay, he's kind of trying to be his dad, but in a different way. After watching Shit's Creek though, and a couple other projects he's been in, the dude's fucking great. Mm-hmm. And um, there's some other big name ones. Ben Stiller is an Epo baby. Yeah, Jerry Stiller. Jerry Stiller. Stiller. And he's been in many of his projects. Elizabeth Olsen. She's not a Nepo baby, but a Nepo sister. Mm. You know, her two sisters were more, more, way more popular than she ever was, and now she's clearly the, yeah. the standout of them. Um, Dakota Johnson's been pretty damn good. I've seen her in a bunch of stuff that's been fucking fantastic. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet. Who's, who's his parents? Uh, I, th- I don't think they were in, I think they were in Hollywood, but, uh, they weren't actors. I think they were like executives or something like that. Or I think one of them like owns like a financial firm or something like that, but mm-hmm. he was well, he was pretty well connected. Bryce Dallas Howard, solid Ron oh. Howard's daughter. And, uh, oh, I didn't even know that. Laura Dern, Bruce Dern's daughter. Gleason. Oh. Uh, oh yeah. Brendan Gleason and Domino Gleason and Domino, Domino Gleason, yeah. his son. <laughs> So anyways, it's just, uh, I'm just beating a dead horse at this point, but to all the naysayers out there uh, for Nepo babies, they work hard, and if they're talented, they're going to go places. Well, if, half of them. Uh, <laughs> that's actually a good percentage. Yeah, 50% of them. All right. Yeah. So anyways, uh, those are my news stories. I guess they were more discussion topics. No, but, that's good. Eh, this yeah. thing. Okay, so a um, couple things, a couple housekeeping things. Uh, number one, I was ravaged with COVID-19. Ravaged, my body was, um, for uh, quite some time. Mm. Uh, I was out, hit me hard, and um, luckily it happened when the show was out because I was in no place to be on mic, and it took weeks of recovery just to get my cough to a place where I could actually probably record regularly oh, and not have geez. to mute every two seconds. Mm. Um, so that happened, and in that time frame, I um, watched... in. T- the entire Friday the 13th series in two days, <laughs> oh. uh, 12 movies. And you poor dear. In two days. Uh, they suck. Those <laughs> movies dear. suck. <laughs> Jason in space. Actually, it was probably one of my favorites. Jason. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I made a ranking on my Twitter of all, all 12 movies. And mm-hmm. um, the remake is actually pretty high on my list too. That's I, I liked it. Oh yeah. That's good. It didn't one. quite feel like a Friday the 13th movie, but since it had the name on it, it made it the ranking and it was pretty good. Sure. Worst of all, Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Jason takes Manhattan is a. I forgot. To, you are self consumed. No talent. Jason, piece of shit. Jason takes Manhattan. 10% of the movie takes place on the island of Manhattan. The rest of it's on a fucking boat floating around. On a barge. It's a boat. So, anyways. Is that real? Yeah. For real. It happens. 
is uh, lame. It's a uh, terrible. So, um, so that happened. Um, I've watched. Um, I I told myself last last year I finished out the year with 524 movies. And oh my god! I, and I said, I said, no way, it ain't gonna happen. Uh, this year again, it's gonna be quite a bit less. So currently, I'm sitting at for the year of uh, 2022 after watching what was it, 51 movies or something like that in the week week and a half that I was out sick. I'm at 573 movies for the year. Oh my god! Fucking disgraceful. I <laughs> I really need to pare that down. So I decided to take Joseph's advice and do something else more investing with my mind and I've been playing uh, God of War. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like a really long and really involved movie about a father and a son. Um, so boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, and I mentioned earlier in the show, I was a guest on binge movies. Um, that's out right now. You should go over to binge movies, check it out. It did a five movie Adam Sandler retrospective and it was a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, yeah. It was, a, it was a great time being on his show. And, um, we have some big things in the future. In the very coming this week um, of middle class film class, um, our official Patreon will be live by the end of this week. Yes, we're charging you motherfuckers money now. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody. Just if you want to support the show, you know, we've had a number of people reach out and say, hey, you know, how, how can I support? You know, you can buy merch and stuff like that, but you can, a lot of people, you can only wear so many t-shirts, right? So many, so many coffee mugs. Yeah. So the Patreon is something that, you know, if you feel strongly about the show and you listen every week and you want to support us, um, we do this whole thing for free. And uh, by all accounts, after listening to a god awful amount of podcasts in my life, um, we put out a lot of content, two hours a week, which is, I think, more than most people. And we're going to be starting to do a once a month bonus episode, not for the Patreon, but for everybody. Because we've talked many times on the show about how many GD fan picks we have on the show. Oh yeah, so how many. Not picks. often we watch them. <laughs> yes. How many? How many do we have, Joseph? Uh, thirty-seven, thirty-eight, right, right around there. Okay. So thirty-seven, thirty-eight. So right now, and we we kicked around different versions of this. Should we watch nothing but our nothing but fan picks every review episode until we've gone through them all, which would take an entire year. So we don't watch a single one of our own movies for all year. <sighs> And we, we decided, you know, what we're going to do is at the end of every review episode, we're going to spin the wheel for what we watch next week. But then on top of that, we're also going to spin the fan pick wheel and we're going to pick three fan picks, one for Joseph, one for Tyler, one for myself. And all three of us will watch our one movie and we will have a dedicated episode where we will talk about three fan pick movies. Yeah. It'll, it'll be a little bit shorter. It'll be, it's not going to be like a full long length, long dedicated review episode, but you're going to get, you know, 35, 45 minutes or so of us talking about, you know, Joseph will talk about one movie, Tyler another, and me a third. So um, we'll, next episode, you listen to this later today, we will do that. <clears throat> or sorry, later in the week, you'll, you'll do that. And uh, you'll see how that goes. We're experimenting with it. So uh, be gentle, be kind. Um, this format is going to be new. Yeah. And um, that basically means that we're going to be doing away with the full length fan pick episodes. If you want to have a full fan full length fan pick episode, we are going to have options for that on Patreon. So, um, you know, there's there's different tiers, there's different price levels, and there's things like you can call into the show and be an on on air guest for streaming picks or for a review episode. There's perks like um, we're going to be doing some live watch along movie nights, and you can chat along with us and watch a movie online. Um, a lot of claims being made here. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> things that and it's like. We're not gonna. It's not like we're gonna be doing that all the time, you know. Not every, not once a month, not once whatever. But there's actually bonus content, interviews with, um, 
you know, directors and things like that that we get access to. Um, you know, maybe maybe specific sponsored sort of episodes. You know, you pay a flat flat whatever, and we'll do a, a one dedicated episode just for you, or, or whatever. So we're kicking around the ideas of there. So hop on over. It's going to be um, it's patreon.com slash middle class film class. So go to patreon.com slash middle class film class. If it's not live right now when you're listening to this, check back in a couple of days because we're it's going live as, as we speak in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So that's that. As far as my um, my movie news goes, there is a new addition into the Library of Congress. Wow. And it is a... Can we, can we guess? Sure. It's a movie. Yeah. And it is a... MCU. MCU. This is our MC new, MCU network uh, segment. So uh, it mm. is an MCU movie. So Oh, it's an MCU movie. It's an MCU movie going into the Library of Congress. You can guess what it is. Mm. And, and let me tell you what the... Um, they choose movies that have a cultural and long-lasting impact on... Oh. On, I feel like I know what it is. on film and culture in general. So what do you think? Uh, I have two guesses. Okay. Infinity War. Okay. Or, mm, mm, or Endgame, honestly. Okay. <laughs> I feel like Endgame was one of the biggest openings ever. But then if that's the case, then you would have to put like Titanic in there. But I'm just saying, in, which may, I'm just which saying, may be in there. That's not an MCU movie. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> movies that I'm going to say. I'm going to say. <laughs> you already guessed. Endgame. <laughs> Tyler? Uh, Infinity War. Damn it. The correct answer is Iron Man. Oh, fuck. I was going to say that too. That was, that was, whenever I think about like the culturally significant one, it's like, that's the one that kicked it off. Yes. Yeah. It Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron yeah. Man started and it's like, you cannot be in the movie landscape and not know what the MCU is. It's right. Everywhere. Yeah. It fills every fucking theater with <laughs> Marvel content. Yeah, it, that's true. And it that's all true. started with Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. Is there ever a time where there isn't a Marvel movie in theaters? God, that's a great question. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think so. I don't think there's one in theaters right now. Wakanda Forever. Yeah, Wakanda Forever. <laughs> and then, and I think then, you might be right. Then. I did it. And then in next month, I think, or it's March, it's uh, Ant Man uh, Quantumania. Oh. oh. Quantumania. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, so uh, Iron Man has made it into the Library of Congress. Uh, there is 25 movies that they selected this year. And um, I want to, I'll read some so you get an idea. Okay. These are more recent movies. Superfly, 1972. Carrie, Hairspray, The Little Mermaid, When Harry Met Sally, House Party, and now Iron Man. House Party. House Party. Culturally significant. Yeah. So... I have a list of the 25 movies that have made it, and <laughs> I want to see if how many of these movies you've actually heard of, okay? I've named the probably the most biggest ones, right? Just okay. now. Okay. Mardi Gras Carnival. What? Eight, eight, no. Culturally significant. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Not from, to my culture. From 1898. Oh, shit. 1898? Yeah. Uh, Cab Calloway Home Movies. <laughs> okay. Cyrano de Bergerac. What? Charade. <laughs> <laughs> Scorpio Rising <laughs> Behind Every Good Man Titty uh, Cut Follies <laughs> uh, Mingus Bingus? Mingus Oh Mingus, Mingus. Manzanar Manzanar Betty Tells Her Story <laughs> Su- Superfly which I mentioned Attica Carrie which I mentioned Well okay. Gattaca Not Gattaca <laughs> Union Maids World Is Out Story of Our Lives Okay Bush Mama mm. The Ballad of Gregorio Cortez, mm. 
Item Hakim Hopit. <laughs> Hairspray, 1988. <laughs> the Little Mermaid, Tongues Untied, When Harry Met Sally, Sally, House Party, Iron Man, and most recently, Pariah from 2008. Mm. Oh. Outside of like the ones I mentioned before, have you heard of any of those? I mean, Hairspray. And- yeah, Iron Man, Hairspray, <laughs> Harry Met Sally. The Little Mermaid, and When Harry Met Sally. Outside of those. Yeah. I- Emotep. That, that, no, that was, that was not one. <laughs> that was not one. So anyways, that's uh, weird that the MCO is into the Library of Congress now. It's yeah. all downhill from here, baby. I mean, I, I guess... Uh, is the Library of Congress a physical place? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> or is it like an, a concept? Oh, they... <laughs> no, they, pres- they preserve... Uh, yeah, but what... They is- leg- it's like legally preserved um, How do they... Media. Pre- how is it preserved? On VHS. Mm. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, I don't I, I don't know enough about it, but I know that they have where like is it? Uh, DC, Washington. And you DC. can go there. Probably. Yeah, what probably. else is it? What else is in the Library of Congress? Oh, oh fuck, ton. That, I can't even read the list. But it's I mean, like that, music, is it just movies? No, no, no music. But like, what else is in it? Oh, music, me, all books. media. Yeah, all media. Anything you find in a normal library? Hmm. Cookbooks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Julia Child cookbooks. Probably. So anyway, so that's that, and then. Um, <laughs> I had a message from listener Stephen. Stephen. I'm, I'm going to read that because he had an impromptu uh, review for us. Oh, it is a place. What does it say? What does it say? I told you it was a place. Why don't you believe me? Well, I don't know. Just the Library of Congress. <laughs> like, yeah, I hear about it, but like, what does it look like? You know? Okay. So, it's a library. So this is from listener Stephen, uh, the maple syrup dom from Saskatchewan. Uh, he says, <laughs> hey, gang, happy holidays. Just wanted to drop by and give a little review of Avatar 2, something, something water. Mm. It was beautiful. And then I realized I really don't enjoy the Navi. Then I realized the spider, one of the characters, is perhaps the worst person ever. Terrible character, terrible actor. Also, don't forget his name is Sully. Jake Sully. Sully. Jake Sully. So many times they said Jake Sully. I think <laughs> probably because they, that's the running joke. Biggest movie in the world. Can't remember the main character's first name or whatever. <clears throat> uh, so they fixed that, I guess, in this one. All right, he continues. I walked out after about an hour and a half. Oh my God. <laughs> what a bad movie. So like halfway through. Yeah, halfway through. <laughs> I have to give tons of respect to the beauty of the film for what I saw. There was a scene where I was genuinely getting anxious, like when I saw sharks and shit. That part, <laughs> that part, and the 3D, that's about it. Couldn't stand the story or stories to stick it out. Mm. So many subplots. I hope the fans of the franchise enjoyed it, and I hope that everyone enjoys it. But me, the maple syrup Don, says Avatar <laughs> 2 sleeps with the fishes. Three thumbs down, one out of five, one woo, D minus, plus a please see the teacher ass note. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great one, guys. Happy New Year. Hope you're all enjoying your holidays. Wish you all your loved ones the best. Thanks for you guys for being awesome, and may nothing but success come your ways. Wow, Thank what you, a Steven. scathing review. I know. <laughs> he walked out, and isn't that movie like three hours long? Yeah, it is. Three hours and 14 minutes or something. Like, oh, yeah. my God. Uh, so that's awesome, Stephen. Thank you for the write-in. If you want to write into the show, uh, mcfcpodcast at gmail.com. It's $5 a message. Yeah, it is. <laughs> We're charging now. <laughs> and then my last story is um, that Jonah Hill is officially legally changing his name, Oh. whose real oh. name is Jonah Hill Feldstein. Yeah. He's filed a petition now to drop his fi- actual birth last name and officially go by his stage name, Jonah Hill. Uh, legal- you mean Jonah Feldstein? No, Jonah Feldstein is his real name. He's going to drop Feldstein. Oh, I think he said he's going oh. back to his. No, no, no. That's he, what I thought. He's his. So he he is performs under the name of Jonah Hill, which is Hill's his middle name, Jonah okay. Hill Feldstein. Yes. 
and he's dropping Feldstein officially. What do you mean officially? Like he filed papers with the state. Oh, to so legally be... change his name to only in jo- that state though to Jonah Hill. <laughs> I think it's the, the uh, I think it's a federal thing. It says, um, and this is kind of a terrifying uh, sentence. Legal docu- documents obtained by TMZ show that Hill <laughs> has requested the court decree the following name changes before listing the proposed change. Um, I think it's one of these things where you have to like you have to put it in a public like to, to the public. Oh, it's like the like divorce proceedings and stuff. They're all public. Yeah, or if you want to copyright a name or trademark a name, you have to put it out there. You have to put like, it in the newspaper. Yeah, basically. So the the public, quote unquote, has can have a chance to claim something or say, "Hey, that guy owes me money," and then you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. now now he's Jonah Hill, no Feldstein. Um, and then the interesting thing too is that um, also Aaron Paul has done the same thing. His name is Aaron Paul Sturdevant, and he's mm. dropping his real surname and is adopting Paul as his last name. Ever since the Nepo babies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but listen to this. This was even more interesting. He's married to uh, actor Lauren Park Parsekian, and she's also filed to take her on Paul as her last name. So he's legally changing his name last name to Paul. She's legally changing her last name to Paul as well. And at the same time, they're changing the name of their seven-year-old son to Ryan Caspian or Ryden Caspian Paul. So they're changing the whole <laughs> fucking family's name to Paul. Okay. I mean, I guess that's, I mean, that's how it works. Yeah, it, it, it makes yeah. sense as a family, but you know, there had to be a family meeting about this. I didn't even know he had a seven-year-old child. I know. Or was married for that matter. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, if you want to do it, Jonah Hill, single dude, no kids, whatever. Make change your name. Once you get like your wife and children involved, it's like, are we all gonna change our name? I mean, that's it. Yeah. Seems like a very large decision. Seems to like make. a very annoying thing to have to do, or <laughs> yeah. to, to do, and, and like, I want to change my name, but it just seems like a lot of work. Well, <laughs> let me let me ask you this, Joseph: is is your uh, wife's last name, which is your last name is that legal like you, when you look at her driver's license is yes, it going to say navarro yeah yeah so you know the process is probably it is it, probably it is. sucks it does suck yeah it does suck. Oh. i mean yeah. i didn't have to do it it's like you do all <laughs> you do all that work it's not my job <laughs> she had to get oh. new, she had to get a new social security number and oh God. uh the bureaucracy of that is probably yeah. hellish i should have taken her last name though honestly yeah joseph light Ooh. It's pretty cool. I mean, I could do. We could do what these people are doing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's possible. Um, uh, yeah, and it's it is it is a shame that there's um there's a weird uh, thing like the girl, the woman has to go to the social security office, change their last name. Yeah, it's weird. It's a get a new driver's it's license. Such, and it, it's so funny that the patriarchal system that we have because yeah. like you're taking my name, right? But you have to do all the work. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a little weird. Yeah, it's um I don't know. The whole thing is weird. Um I wonder if it's like a pragmatic thing or like maybe he'll like sell because Jonah Hill is like a director now. Like I, I don't think he really acts that much anymore. He does. He does both. So I was thinking like maybe if it's just like when he changes his name, like his name is going to be kind of like on the top of the list. Of like you know like it's still Jonah Hill. It's, it's like it's it's just he's yeah. just yeah. 
Oh, you're getting rid of that name that we didn't know that was... Exactly. It's, <laughs> more, it's more for him than anything, which is great. That's like when, mm-hmm. when someone's wearing fancy underwear. You're like, that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> so the, another weird thing that I've, I've uh, heard about, and um, I never wasn't 100% sure if this is true or not, but according to Wikipedia on both of these actors' uh, Wikipedias, uh, Numi Rapace... Mm-hmm. who was in um, a million things. She was in Lamb. She was in uh, Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Um, she, her birth name is Numi Noren, um, mm. Swedish, Swedish name, right? Yeah. Her, so you, you assume that she took her husband's name, o- Ola Rapace, right? Sure. Well, he was not born as Ola no- Rapace. He was born as Par Ola Norell. Where is Rapace coming from? They made it up. <laughs> I love it. They got married and they picked a new last name. I love it. I fucking love it. Can, yeah. you, can you imagine like that conversation? Like you're both sitting on the couch and just like, you know what? Let's, uh, you want to change your you want to change your last name? Yeah, that's something. You know what? Let's do it. I was gonna <laughs> say. I was gonna say. Well, they they made the decision when they got married to pick a new last name, and that whole conversation <laughs> must have been great. But at, at the same time, I was gonna say, man, it's a, it's a lot of a lot of stake there, right? Picking the last name. Hmm. People willy nilly with their last names, they probably just go down to the social security office and change it again in six months anyway. So yeah, <laughs> it's not that permanent, I guess. I should do what Prince did and change my name to a symbol. Yeah, <laughs> what would your symbol be? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's the shape I, of a dick. It's just like yeah. crudely drawn. Dick. I knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> the not of this world. Symbol. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that's uh, that's all. Let's like, let's do some uh, streaming picks. Movies. Wanna watch a movie? Yes, yes, I do. Disney Plus. Oh, HBO Max. If I don't get the pick, show's over. I have grown accustomed to Hulu Plus. Amazon Prime. I like Netflix. You're from the pick. Stream picks. Movies that we watched this week and for the last month that you can watch this week on your streaming services. Joseph, what do you have? <laughs> Uh, okay, so since we had a whole month yeah. break, I watched two movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I watched uh, quite a few movies. Uh, not 51, but uh, a lot. <laughs> I um, did that in two weeks. <laughs> but um, So I watched uh, a lot of Christmas-related uh, movies, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Th- being the season. Trying to uh, cherish it as much as possible, because it went by so fast, incredibly fast. Um, and, um, so I watched the, uh, Ron Howard, Jim Carrey Grinch twice. Oh, um, really? Uh, classic, classic movie. Uh, that's great. It's streaming on HBO Max. Um, I watched the Polar Express for the first time. Oh, wonderful. Um, that was an awful movie. <laughs> Don't watch that. Not don't rec- not recommending that. Polar Express walked so Avatar: Way of Water could run. It's <laughs> terribly. It has to start somewhere, Joseph. The animation is just awful. Started is it last, really? The dead the the eyes. The dead eyes. Those dead eyes. Did you see um, Uncanny Valley? Did you see the Chippendales movie? No, I did not. Now that you've seen this, you should watch that because there's a whole bit about dead Polar Express eyes. Oh, is there? Because they go to a different <laughs> CGI oh, okay. world. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Um, I'm just kind of going to list off what I watched. Cool. You can determine if it's streaming. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm declaring 2023. If you got to pay to rent it, that's still a streaming pick. Yeah. Um, as long as it's not in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm streaming picking The Whale. Yeah. Which you can only see in theaters. Uh, not technically streaming. Well, I guess it is technically streaming somewhere. Um, Prometheus, watch that. That is also a Christmas movie. Is it really? It takes place on Christmas. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Idris Elba has a Christmas tree no in shit. his little uh 
little pod little, thing. Yeah, whatever. And a tiny accordion. I love it. Yeah, his little tiny accordion. Um, Prometheus, uh, it's a very, actually, you know, it gets a lot of hate. It does. Um, I like I like Prometheus. But, um, yeah, I like it a lot. It's it's a good movie. Um, I uh, I watched the, the Dahmer series on Netflix. That, mm. that was very good. Mm. It was, like... It was really good. There's one episode is like one of the saddest episodes ever. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's focused on Dahmer. Obviously, it wouldn't be sad if it was him. But mm, right. one of his victims and that like gives you a lot of his backstory. And if it was not a series about a real life serial killer, mm-hmm. that episode would be really sweet and cute. Really? But... Oh, yeah. As it, it were. is about that. <laughs> so it's it just like the personal it's their life. fucking depressing and horrifying. Oh no. But it's really good. It's a really well made show. And the it looks like a fucking movie. Richard Jenkins plays Dahmer's dad. Hmm. Um and everybody does just a really, really good job. And it just looks really good too. The way it's filmed. Nice. Um so yeah, that's streaming on Netflix. That's pretty good. Uh watch Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Oh yeah. That was uh, very good, also very sad, um, but also just really well done. And stop motion is insane in that movie. It's, unbe- uh, it's unbelievable. It almost do- looks doesn't look stop motion. Yeah, it's uh, might, might as well just animate it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is. It's a really good movie. Really good uh, version of Pinocchio. Um, and uh, yeah, then I watched the Christmas Story sequel, Christmas Story Christmas, mm. which I had not have a lot like high hopes for, mm. um, but it surprised me. It was really good. I liked it a lot. It yeah, really- and you had a very controversial take uh, about it being better than the Christmas story, the original. Is it? I think it is. Uh, <sighs> wow. Interesting. Yes. I find, and maybe it's just because I've seen it so many times, the mm. original, I just find it to be kind of annoying. Mm, I gotcha. Um, but this is a good, like, uh, more, I mean, it still takes place in the 70s, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But it's uh it's a lot more sad and a lot more real life um than like more whimsical fantastical than the first one because I mean it's about kids the main character is a child so it's like it's gonna yeah. be more on the positive side of the spirit of Christmas yeah this one's definitely more on the grimmer side of spirit of Christmas I I know if you have um lost a parent in the recent maybe even not so recent you know past it may be a hard watch I've heard, yes I've heard. Yes, it is. Um, so that was good. That's streaming on HBO Max. Uh, I watched the classic Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, wonderful. A wonderful, wonderful version of the Christmas Carol. Um, streaming on HBO Max. No, Disney Plus. Um, Who Killed Santa? A Murderville uh, yes. murder mystery. I watched that too. It was, was so fucking funny. Uh, I, like, I like how they were almost like taking the piss out of Pete. Uh, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson at the end. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is he here? And then, and then he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and then they don't that's even, a good Pete Davidson impression. <laughs> they, don't, they don't even, like, name the murder, like, the, yes. the suspects. <laughs> that's so funny to me. That was great. But, yeah, was who, really good. Who Killed Santa? Murderville Murder Mystery Christmas Special on Netflix. Really, really good. Um, I love that show. It's good to see the Arrested Development yes. crew together again. It's so funny. Uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone if you're not of the US. If you're British. Um, yeah, if you're in any other country but stupid America. A festive <laughs> movie. Not a Christmas movie although they, they do say Happy Christmas Harry. Happy Christmas Ron in the movie. Um, and it's a Christmas movie. 
Yes. You can't mention Christmas in a movie and it not be a Christmas movie. That is uh, streaming on HBO. <laughs> all of them are, it's all, the law. all of them are streaming on HBO. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. A, uh, the Home Alone sequel, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, is uh, just as good as the first one. I, I mean, I'd, I, say, I, I'd say so. I almost, it's just like I, a different flavor. I almost prefer yeah. the second one. It's, uh, you know, he's, he's out and about. But this time, it's Kevin's fault that he's lost. Is it? <laughs> yes. Because this little dumbass stops in the middle of the airport. It's like, I got to put batteries in my little voice oh, thing. Yes. And talk, then he, talk and, boy, and, talk and, back. And then he loses his father. And then he sees the guy wearing the exact same jacket yeah. go into a different airplane. Um, God, yeah, his fault that time. Um, and also, the only other big difference is now they're not the wet bandits, they're the sticky yes, bandits. Yes, the sticky bandits. <laughs> um, uh, I watched the first time A Miracle on 34th Street. Um, which is a the old one from 1947. Yeah. Black and white, classic. Uh, and I've uh, never seen it before. I knew the premise, um, but I don't know. I just never really wanted to watch it. But I watched it on Christmas Eve with my parents, and uh, it's pretty good. Pretty interesting. Like, the concept is actually really interesting in how they tackle it in the idea that this Santa, who is like the real Santa, but he has to prove that he is the real Santa. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's, cert- he's going to be certified insane and really thrown into a... Insane Asylum. Who's this half-drunk mall Santa sitting on the corner of 34th Street talking to children? And uh, it's really interesting. It's almost like a uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, but for kids and Santa and Christmas related. I haven't seen this since I was a kid. I barely remember any of it. Um, and then on Christmas Eve night, what carried us into the Christmas uh, Eve, or Christmas Day was uh, Gremlins. <laughs> Gremlins. I love Gremlins. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It is a, uh, it's a fun, just a fun movie. Um, written by Chris Columbus, who directed Home Alone, Home Alone yeah. and Harry yeah. Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, who's got just a lot of, yeah. got a lot of credits. You had yourself a Chris Columbus-a-thon. I did, I did. For someone did. who hates Christopher Columbus so much. I know. The other one. What, like, what, <laughs> he should change his name, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh we watched the wednesday show uh, which is okay it's um very young adult uh very not very well written if mm-hmm. i have to see that dance on social media oh, yeah. one more gd time what dance? i'm gonna the wednesday dance the wednesday dance know, yeah filmed in romania um what? yep it was filmed in romania where's justice when we need him and producer uh, justice <laughs> filmed, in, filmed in Romanian winter. Do you know anybody working oh. on the set? It's um, <laughs> Andrew Tate, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> He's like my uncle Gelu. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty good show. It was like, it's like, uh, I didn't enjoy how they kind of reinvented the Adams family. And then also Wednesday Adams, they also introduced the idea that there's like people with Powers, powers yeah. and stuff, and then mm. he, she goes to like a Professor X Hogwarts type really? school for oh yeah, yeah yeah for people like for kids who are like and it looks like it was filmed like the courtyard looks mm-hmm. like the little mm-hmm. Harry Potter set, um but overall it was like a mystery like a almost like who done it type show and it was yeah. pretty interesting. Um, I got an episode and a half in and bailed. Definitely not written for uh people like us. <laughs> Okay. Or people who okay. even like the Adams family, really. It's real it's written for new people, new people, younger people. Hard to hard to say though because the uh, Barry Sonnenfeld ones was the one that we know and love, right? Yeah, the ones from the 90s. From the 90s, right? yes. Yeah. But those were not 100% true to the original comics. 
Right. Mm. Like the original cartoon comic version of uh, Gomez, it looks more like Luis Guzman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. But who like, the fuck? Know, I mean, who knows what? Like, it really I, was I don't. I don't need like a faithful adaptation of like any comic book yeah. as long as it's well done. Then yeah, there's just some things they did in I think the Wednesday show that I didn't. Kathleen Zeta I Jones didn't. plays a great Morticia though. Yeah, she, as bar- far as the look, barely in the movie. Yeah, or barely in the show. Yeah. Same with the. Mm. Uh, it's only it's called Wednesday, and it's basically just her and Thing and the thing. whole time. And the guy, the same guy yeah. that played Thing in the in the '90s ones, also plays him in this. Oh wow, he's like a hand actor. He was a Romanian. <laughs> is that right? Is that true? It, well, what I've heard sure. is a Romanian uh, magician who played Thing. Oh, okay. Because like you can see the behind the scenes of him, like his hand, but then they added makeup for the wrist. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's like it. sitting on top of his wrist. So he's just doing that. Oh, um, big, uh, big surprise to see Fred Armisen in the show. Uh, oh yeah, Fester, yeah. which was Very great. Um, but yeah, that was um, that was my goings ons in. Uh, my movie watching in on during mm. the break. Uh, I was mainly playing video games. Very festive. Very festive. Uh, God of War Ragnarok is the best fucking movie of the year, just so everybody knows. Even though <laughs> it's Thor Ragnarok. The best movie that is a video game of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched it on YouTube, so like, I would, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. <laughs> yeah, you're missing so much, though. You're missing so much. I was, I was not, I was incorrect. He was not the hand in the original. Hmm. I was wrong. Okay. I misspoke. I, I feel ashamed. Well, you know, we're not. <laughs> I feel. Um, None of us are. No! no! I feel stupid. <laughs> Go ahead, Tyler. Oh, you're too hard on yourself, Pete. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I uh, managed to, uh, between re watching all of my favorite shows, to get in a couple of movies in. And also a TV show as well that is, I would consider a movie, like a long form movie. Um, so the first streaming pick that I have is uh, This Place Rules, which just came out on Friday. Oh, the Andrew Callahan movie? Yeah, which came out on... What is, wait, what's the movie? Uh, this Place Rules. It's Channel oh. 5, Andrew Callahan documentary. Oh, that. Yeah. that, that All yeah. gas, no breaks. Yeah, well, formally. Um, and so this is a documentary about... Uh, Andrew Callahan, he like basically follows the events that are leading up to the January January sixth uh, riots at the Capitol in our nation's capital, mm-hmm. and it is very depressing. Um, it, a lot of people might watch this documentary and think it's hilarious because he, you know, if you're unfamiliar with Andrew Callahan's work, he basically goes to the, like the deepest, darkest pits of humanity mm. and interviews these like crazy, crazy people. And I think, um, in snippets, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like if you've seen like TikToks of it or like, you know, Instagram reels or whatever, just like little snippets of it and the way they edit it, the, the edit those um, clips too, they make them funny. This, however, is like all of those c- clips combined. Yeah. But not uh, produced in like a funny way, more so like in a very journalistic way. Uh I how long is it? Is it like a full hour and a half, two hours, something it's like that? A, it's a I it's an hour and twenty eight minutes. It's a very okay. it's a very short watch, but it feels long. Okay. It feels really long because the people that he interviews are exhausting mm. because they're so they're just so batshit crazy. He interviews both sides of the political spectrum too. I'll be he's interviewing like the more fringier sides. Yeah. So it but it, it's exhausting. 
it's really interesting. It's depressing because you realize, oh my God, like these are people that could be like, like if I was, if I was charged with a crime, but I didn't commit one of these people might be on a jury (laughs) and judging (laughs) me. These are my peers. So like kind of like taking that into account too. And like how interacting with all these people, like in on a day-to-day basis, it like kind of sucks. Like we have such an uneducated population. Um, so it's definitely uh, geared more towards like a dramatic documentary rather than like the funny clips that he posts on his social media. Uh, Andrew Callahan, he's a really well-spoken young man, um, and he's very insightful with his experience leading up to the. He it goes from the election, the the election from mm-hmm. Trump and Biden to that uh, fateful day, and he has a lot of insight because he's had been on the road for so long interviewing these people. So this called this uh, documentary is called This Place Rules, streaming on HBO Max. Um, if you like that, I'm going to give you a recommendation real quick. Okay. And since you're driving 100% of your time for your work now, yeah. Um, I'm sure you got a lot of podcast time. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's called um, Rachel Maddow Presents Ultra. Rachel Maddow. Uh, yeah, I'm not always a huge Rachel Maddow fan, but this is a series about uh, 1930s America and like I think it's 1930s or 1940s, and it's like the the essentially the um, injection of like the Nazi Party into the American uh, oh, federal government yeah, and like yeah, yeah, conspiracies yeah. and stuff, and it's all very real happened stuff, like actual historical accounts. Yeah, there was like documents. a Nazi rally that sold out <laughs> Madison Square Garden, like I think in like 35 or something like that. Crazy thing about that is that all a lot of the things that are happening then are very reminiscent of the things that are happening today and for like the last four or five years. Oh, and that's depressing. And you're like, well, I'm watching it like, oh my God, these <laughs> patriots back then. <laughs> the real <laughs> patriots are doing it. So anyways, go ahead. Oh, man. Okay, so uh, my uh, next streaming pick is a uh, tr- it's a TV miniseries. It's called Kindred. Have you guys heard of that show before? No. Never heard of it. Joseph? No. Okay, so Kindred is about this uh, young lady who is uh, basically time-traveled against her will by unknown forces to the 1800s. Back oh, in the to a plantation or something? To a plantation. Yes, I saw yeah. a preview. And, she's a, and she is a black female, too, so you can kind of imagine, like... How shocked she is going, she will be when she goes back to a plantation in the 1800s, still mm-hmm. in her modern clothes and stuff. And it's really crazy. Um, it's a really high concept show. And they, I think the really cool thing too is they don't really explain like the properties of the time travel. It's more about like the drama of her being time traveled back in time and then eventually being time traveled to her current time and like back and forth, back and forth. And um, I don't really want to get into it too much because it will get spoilery. Okay. Um, But Kindred, it's uh, streaming on Hulu. It's eight episodes. It's a pretty short uh, watch. But, like, once you get hooked, like, once the hooks get into you, like, you can't stop watching. Are they an hour each episode? Uh, Yes, uh, 45 to an hour. Okay, cool. Um, So that's a great, great show. Where's that streaming? Uh, It's streaming on Hulu. I believe it's a Hulu original. Cool. And then uh, my last streaming pick is a festive streaming pick. Right. Uh, this is Christopher Columbus's Home Alone. Oh, the first, first one. one. Yeah. Um, 
I really I'm am not watching number three for the show. I'm just yeah, telling you right yeah, now. That's fine. I did not. I will not. That's fine. Um, so I hadn't watched Home Alone in quite some time, and I forgot like how charismatic like all of the characters are. Like everyone works together. Uh, Joe Joe Pesci, uh, Macaulay McCulkin, Daniel Stern. Uh, yeah, I was gonna. I'm so glad that you said Daniel Stern because I was about to say Don Stern for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Stern, um, what's up? Yeah, uh, so everyone everyone has great chemistry together, and also it has one of the hottest moms to ever uh, uh, be bless us on screen, and that is Catherine O'Hara. What a fox she is in that in that movie, and uh, John Hurd is a lucky man. He's a lucky man. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I clearly he is. He can afford that fucking house and tickets for everyone to what is it, France to Paris, Paris, yeah, yeah. To the whole Christmas. family to Paris. What the fuck does he do? I know. And uh, you know that uh, the the most famous scene when they're on the plane when they're on the plane and Catherine Kevin, O'Hara, Kevin slaps his cheeks and goes, ah. No, no, not that scene where the everyone, one with the spiders on his face. No, not that one either. Uh, Head catching on fire. Well, <laughs> that one is a good one. He steps on the nail. No, oh god, cringe inducing. Oh god, I, it's hard to watch that okay. scene every time. But anyways, best scream in all of any movie ever is the spider on the face. <laughs> best scream. Yeah, yeah. It okay, is. Anyways, continue. Um, so uh, Catherine O'Hare's character when she's uh, talking to the dad and she's just like, I feel like we're forgetting something. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's just like, no, no. And then she like goes up. Oh, Kevin. Yeah. That was an improvised line. She was supposed to say something a lot more boring. Like, I think it was just like, oh, my God, like we, we forgot Kevin or something like along the lines. But I think Catherine O'Hara, like, you know, she's a talented actress and she's like, no, I'm not going to say all that line. I'm just going to convey emotion. She also comes from a, a background of improv comedy. So it makes sense. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. She's yeah, all of those people. I mean, she's the last name O'Hara does sound familiar. Uh, well, she's I mean, all of those Christopher Guest um like mockumentaries, A Mighty Wind, Best of Show, mm. you know, like This Is Spinal Tap, that sort of era, Waiting for Guffman. Oh, okay. All she's been, she's a comedic actress. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. She's she's the foxiest mom back in the '80s, or yeah, I think it was the '80s, right? I, I can't remember. I'm not gonna even look it up. I don't care. Moira um, Rose. But uh, yeah, so uh, Home Alone number one is streaming on Disney Plus. I encourage everyone to watch it right now while it's cold and stormy, cool. gloomy outside. Watch Rocky One and Home Alone One back to back. Oh yes. Okay, cool. Um, so for my streaming picks, I'm going to go through not everything I've watched. Obviously, uh, that would be terrible. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to take some of the highlights. Okay. Okay. So and some things that surprised me. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front, Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. It's a German. It's a remake of a famous war movie, and it's told from the perspective of a one single German young boy soldier enlisting into the army in World War. Two, I believe. I believe it's yeah. World War II. And um, it is very much similar to Come and See as you see the um, the glee and, and delight of this child be destroyed as he basically is uh, presented with the tragedy of war. So mm. um, it's really good. The production is fucking fantastic. Like really, really immersive, um, yeah. intense. It, you could tell it would be uh, very difficult um, on set shooting uh, for a lot of it, it's like a lot of it's in trenches and whatnot, and it's just really, really good. So that's all, all quiet. It's on the Western Front, um, on Netflix. I mentioned that, right? And did you like November okay. when I watched it? I can't remember if it, it was a remote episode. Oh, okay. I think I think you might you might have. Yeah, <clears throat> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, I was thoroughly impressed with that movie. 
Um, I watched Ford versus Ferrari, Ford v Ferrari for the first time. Oh, nice. Um, I don't know if that's streaming anywhere, but uh, holy shit, that was good. Great car movie. I mean, I don't. I was. I'm not really a big race fan. Like, I don't. I don't like NASCAR, drag races, off road races. Eh, right. It's fine for me. Um, but that was impressive. And there is a scene in that. And the the call, whole concept is that uh, Matt Damon plays Carroll Shelby, the famous uh, mus- muscle car uh, expert, who has the Shelby Mustang is named after him. Yeah. And um, he's um, basically making a team for Ford that can beat Ferrari in the Le Mans, the 24 hour Le Mans race. And Ferrari is like undefeated, blah, blah, blah. They're the best, whatever. And they're trying to get capitalized on Ford racing as like this powerhouse in the racing industry. And he hires, um, Ken miles. I think his name is, is Christian Bale's character. He's a British, um, race car driver Mm -hmm. who is a very hard to deal with and very difficult. And but he's the best. <clears throat> he's a mechanic and driver. He's like very particular about his like cars and stuff, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just in general an asshole to everybody. So um, they are building like the the Ford GT50 um, at that time, and it's all prototyped and stuff. And the amount of power that comes out of those machines is like ungodly. And uh, there's a scene when they take Henry the Ford the second, and. He's just some bigwig who hasn't really done anything his entire life except for being given Ford Motor Companies from his father, Henry Ford. Uh-huh. And they put him in the passenger seat of this car and ha- take him, like, basically say, get in the car. And they just... <laughs> get in the car. Z- just fucking to... go on this, like, their test track. Yeah. And he's basically almost pisses his pants. And when they get to the end, the far end of the track and stop, he's weeping in his seat. And he's just, oh my he God. just, he says, I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> my father would be, I wish he could ride in this car. I had no idea. And it's like, if you've ever been around like really high power, horsepower race cars, uh-huh. it, you don't even have to be in it to feel the power. Right. If yeah. you're in, ever been in a nitro drag uh, situation when you're on like the, in the pits and a nitro drag race, I have been, you feel every, every, um, like reverberates in your chest every reverberation of every single piston moving you feel it as it rolls by you and you're like jesus christ i'm not even in it i'm 20 feet away and i can feel it the pressure of the it's unbelievable so the whole movie is uh just fantastic um did you watch that at full volume because i heard it had really good sound design i did not but as soon as i finished watching it i bought it on 4k and i might have not watched it yet with the surround sound and the 4k i'm very excited about that um, I watched the entire Spider-Man trilogy because uh, Joseph had mentioned re- writing oh, the, yeah. f- the first ones. Uh, what nice. a fun, what a fun time! First two movies, four stars. Third movie, three stars. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Wendell and Wild, the stop motion animation on Netflix that is um, Key and Peele are involved in it and mm. p- produced by Henry Selick, the director of uh, Number on Street and Coraline. Uh, it did not work for me. I did not like that movie. The visuals of it were good, but the story and the execution and the characters were not for me. Mm. Um, it's funny because I was really excited to see that, and mm. then I was kind of let down, and then I was worried about the Pinocchio movie, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, yeah. um, and that blew me away. That was probably one of my favorites of this year, um, the Pinocchio from GDT. Um, watched Emily the Criminal, which is streaming on Netflix right now as well. Starring Aubrey Plaza as a person who is just trying to make some money and she gets into some like low level criminal activity and it kind of spirals from there, as the name might imply, and she becomes <laughs> Emily the Criminal. Very fun, very uh, great Aubrey Plaza like uh, performance. Like that one quite a bit. That's on Netflix. 
I watched um I watched uh Babe from nineteen ninety five. Nice with Brianna. She'd never seen it before. She loves like cute movie, you know, animals and movies and stuff. And I forgot that, that movie was nominated for Best Picture that year. Is that right? It was so good. It is such a sweet movie. Oh. Um, not quite as good as I remember, but still very, very good. Very good. Uh, I watched Alita Battle Angel for the first time. Alita Battle Angel. If any movie needs a sequel, it's that movie. Because the end of... It's Robert Rodriguez and James Cameron produced and written and directed. Robert Rodriguez directs it. James Cameron wrote and produced it. And it's the one... She's got like anime eyes. Oh, yeah. That's what... Yeah, that's... Yeah. And uh, it was very fun, a little cheesy in, at times, but um, and it focused is maybe a little bit too much on this made up game called Roller Murder Ball or something like that. Murder Ball. Roller Ball. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, but it was very fun. The character design was very cool in it, and uh, this the graphics, the CG, CG was pretty damn good. Um, so I'm, I've heard that they're going to be making a sequel, and it's just rumors at this point. But if it mm. if it does come out, I'm going to watch that in theaters. Uh, very fun. Uh, Hustle, Adam Sandler's new movie from 2022, streaming also on Netflix. Way, way, way better than I thought it was going to be. Way, way better. And produced by LeBron James. So, oh, wow. Uh, very interesting. Um, that is a textbook sports drama, textbook like Rise and Fall sports drama. Um, but Adam Sandler's so charismatic. And this is one of the few instances <clears throat> where they get professional athletes to act in the movie. And they do not seem like professional athletes. They seem like good actors. Oh, okay. Like, it's hard Space Jam 1 and 2 has ruined professional actors in movies for me. And, <laughs> and this was fucking good. Really good. Um, so that's on Netflix. That's uh, called Hustle. Nice. H-U-S-T-L-E. Um, Banshees of Anishirin. Have you watched that, Yon? Not yet. Ah, I can't believe it. I know you're so excited I for am, that. I am. I <laughs> am. I'm just finding the time to do it. I know. And it's that is streaming on... Where is it? HBO. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. And uh, I like that quite a bit. It, there was a couple parts that I was, maybe I was a little confused about, um, but the co the comedy of, of it sold more than anything. And there's a very cute donkey in it. <laughs> that, that <I> like. <laughs> but um, have you watched Three Billboards yet, though? I have not. No. See, oh. got to. I got to. <laughs> I've the only the only Martin McDonough stuff I've seen is in Bruges and this. I don't think uh, I've seen Seven Psychopaths. Movie. Oh, I did see. I did see Seven Psychopaths. I didn't like that quite as much. Um, uh, the Luckiest Girl Alive. Um, this is a Mila Kunis-led movie. Um, it's about... Um, the luckiest girl alive. It's about a girl... You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, she's like a, um, she's a, like a copy editor for some like big name um, fashion magazine or something in New York. Lives a good life. Mm -hmm. Got a, got a good like, fiancé who is um, very successful as well. They're clearly living a good life. Um, so she's got, quote unquote, quote unquote, has it all. Yeah, but she was I don't want to say much about it because it kind of like it kind of reveals it as the story goes along. But she has some trauma in her past life and she's mm. known not by everyone, but some people know her for it. Like she's famous in certain circles for it. Um, so she eventually has to confront that trauma and the lies about what that trauma was oh. and kind of come to terms with that. So. It was pretty good. It was a it was a great Mila Kunis um, role, and it was a really really heavy subject matter that I think was handled in a way that I've never seen before. Mm. So, um, yeah, I won't I won't say what it is, and I think Mitch Burns is one one of our listeners. He's one who, who um, we talk on cinematics quite a bit, and he's he's the one who mentioned it for the first time. I never heard of it before, and I watched it. It was pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. um, 
I watched the new Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah. Almost all these are on Netflix now I'm thinking about it. That was so fucking good. Really? Yes. Ben, and Ben Shapiro hates it, so more reason to like it. <laughs> uh, Shapiro. The first 20, 30 minutes, I was like, man, this movie's not great. I don't I don't know. I don't, I'm not digging it. Oh. And then there's a turn and a reveal in it, and I made me, as soon as the movie was done and I was like blown, I was like, this is so fucking fun. So well written and what a great, what a great story and great characters. I wanted to rewatch it again, knowing what the reveal was and see it from the beginning and see if my first 20, 30 minutes you can like figure it out because <clears throat> it tells you why again i'm not gonna say much about it but it tells you why the story is that way mm-hmm. at the beginning uh, okay and i've discovered that ryan johnson has a great affinity for weird cameos because jeremy renner makes a cameo in this but he's never on screen <laughs> joseph gordon levitt makes a cameo in this but he's never on screen how does that even work Dude, he's in the first one too uh, Joe Gordon Levitt. Yeah. yeah, he is. If he's like never the, on screen, how is he making a cameo? What was he in Knives Out? He was uh, on the TV in the kitchen. Like you can hear his voice, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And the guy. He's in every Ryan Johnson movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And there's also another actor who is in Knives Out. He's one of the cops, like the blonde cop that's like a big fan of Benoit Blanc, mm-hmm. you know, Craig's character. He's also in this as a, a layabout on this island. The, oh, okay. the whole point is that basically this billionaire Elon Musk type invites all his old friends that are the disruptors or whatever to yeah. this island to do some murder mystery for his birthday. and Like a game. A game, a murder mystery game for his birthday. Almost like, you know, our, our friend Ryan will, you know, hey, we're going to have a theater night and it's going to be a mystery and you solve the mystery and one of you guys is a killer and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's done by a billionaire, so it's all like yeah. big scale yeah, and all yeah. this stuff. And Benoit Blanc, the world's most famous detective, played by Daniel Craig, comes on to be lend to the realism. Yeah. But it's so much more deeper than that. And then there's a big reveal, and then the whole thing unravels, and it's... The onion. The onion peels back. <laughs> there is so many layers to this, just like an onion. Oh, man, it's it's good. So, um, anyway, so that's uh, that's on Netflix. That may be one of my favorite movies of the year Ogres as well. Ogres are like onions. <laughs> And then uh, one movie that blew me away since I have to do a contractually obligated uh, Christmas movie on Apple TV Plus is called Spirited. Uh, the Ryan Reynolds. Starring Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. The mm. cover made me think that it wasn't going to be good at all. Me too. <laughs> I was bandit in my mind. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, fuck that. That is the last movie I want to watch this Christmas season. <laughs> and I heard a lot of good things about it. And um, I'm... We were looking for something Christmassy and fun to watch, and we're like, okay, let's watch this Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds musical on Apple TV+. And it's a rendition of A Christmas Story, or Christmas Carol, I'm sorry. Mm. And it is really good. The story, the songs are so catchy. Um, they're really well written, as opposed to like the Disenchanted, the Enchanted sequel that came out this year. Those uh, movies, yeah. those songs are fucking lazy. <laughs> they're, they're like almost <laughs> offensively lazy, lazily written. And this, yeah, these, no. these songs are great. Um, there's a whole song that they do with a giant dance number that lasts like six minutes long that's about um, a type of uh, insult or swear word that people used in like the 1900s. And they're doing a song and dance about it and stuff, and it's great. Huh. So um, I think I'm going to watch this every Christmas forever because it's it was, really, wow. it was really good. It has it, that much staying It's power. almost like replaced Elf for me for like a fun Christmas movie. Um, but it's like edgy, and it's like... 
it basically, long story short, it, it, it takes the idea of the haunt, the ghosts that haunt you, Christmas past, Christmas future, Christmas present, mm-hmm. yeah. and blows it apart and shows the inner workings of it, uh, much like the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. <laughs> how does Santa work? Oh, here's how. And you see behind the scenes, and you know, Will Ferrell's a, the ghost of presents and uh, the present, and Tracy Morgan voices the ghost of Christmas future, and he just points at things, you know. Oh. <laughs> so he, his gag is he can't say anything during the haunt, but he's talking to everybody, and then he's like, you know what, I think I'm going to tell him, you need to change your ways. And they're like, yeah, but you always freeze up. You just end up pointing at things. He's like, I know, I get nervous. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, funny. so that was Spirited on Apple TV+. Plus. If you have that, it's a very good watch. All uh, right. Anything else for this marathon episode? No. Okay. I think that's it. Let's get the hell out of here. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Follow us later on in the week as we review Coherence, listener Javier's choice from the world. Right in the new year. Yeah, that's right. Coherence. Uh, Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash mcfcpodcast, and send us an email, mcfcpodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at podcastmcfc and on TikTok at middleclassfilmclass. And please follow us on Instagram at Middle Class Film Class and leave us a voicemail, why don't you? We're in a drought of voicemails. We need more. So that's gonna be that number is going to be 209-730-6010. Welcome back. We'll see you next week. See ya. See ya. At the beginning of the movie, the wiki and the keeper don't get along very well.